useless. <laughs> I know. All right. I'm, I'm going to stop talking now. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me alone. <laughs> so alone. Oh. So alone. Okay. I'll keep talking. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. 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 How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I just woke up. Oh, that sounds nice. A bunch of my foam panels fell on the floor and that's annoying. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. Send them back. Now I'm adjusting my microphone, and that's also annoying and loud, probably. Yeah, I just hear a little shuffling. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> you right there? I got it. Yes, I have beer, and it was giving me problems opening. Gotcha. I don't have beer today. I already drank. <laughs> I actually already drank a bunch of beer earlier, so nice. now I'm just drinking seltzer and kombucha. Fair. Ooh, that sounds good. It's September, so I am drinking uh, fall beer already. Fabulous. That's all I want to do is have fall. I approve. I've already had some uh, pumpkin spice lattes and pumpkin pumpkin cream cold brews from Starbucks. And I've also had a few Oktoberfests and uh, pumpkin ales. Not all today. (laughs) Yes, that would be uh, in the the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I have some uh, (laughs) dogfish pumpkin today. Ah, nice. Jealous. So jealous. I could have saved it for Friday, but I chose (gasps) not to because I'm a terrible person. Bitch. Yeah, you could have given some to me. There might be UFO pumpkin coming your way, though. (gasps) My favorite pumpkin. It's so good. It is. It really is. I love dogfish pumpkin, but UFO pumpkin is my favorite. Yeah. Don't mind me taking off my sweatshirt. It's hot in my office. Well, I can't see what you're doing, so... Go I don't know for if you can hear it. I don't know how oh. much noise I was making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a lot of talking these last few days. Oh, uh, good which times. That's I why assume, you sound a little different. I assume you probably also have been doing a lot of talking. but I have. Probably not quite as much, though, because I only teach two days a week. So uh, Yeah. I've been just busy time. Everyone yeah. needs to learn how to do things. And Lots of students back. Yes. Your job and mine. Yes. They all need to learn things. And I am the one who tells them how to do things. Same. Yeah. But I tell them very different things. Yes, we do talk about very different (laughs) things. I tell them more facts and how to do things in labs. And you teach them more how, you know, like life skills and how to find things they need. Yes. (laughs) I teach them meaning of life stuff. No. Exactly. (laughs) 42. I mean, how hard is it really to just tell everybody 42 when they come up and ask I you know. questions? I mean, I don't know why they don't all just submit papers that just are the number 42. I'd allow it. And, and then get, <laughs> instead of an A, they'd get a 42. Right. Which is not a good exactly. grade. But... It's not, but I wouldn't give them a zero for it. Yeah. <laughs> good times. Yeah. So, what yeah. are we talking about today in... This 36th episode 
not including those other episodes. <laughs> Today, we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 2, Episode 15, The Fifth Race. Ooh. So many numbers. So many numbers. 1, 2, 15, 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 36. 36. Wait, where's the one from? SG-1. <laughs> Oh, ah, I get it. <laughs> I'm tired. Like Me I said, too. I, just woke up. I hear you. <laughs> yep. I hear you. Yep. I made co- this is a, I made coffee this morning. I put it in a travel mug, and guess where I left it? Oh no! On the that's kitchen the table. Yep. That's the worst. I hate that. Although because I have a great thermos thing, it's in travel mug. It was still warm when I got home. Nice. Was it your dogfish dash one? It, it's not, but it's the same brand, oh, the okay. Clean Canteen. I don't know yeah. because because of how much I love the dogfish one. I got one that closes, oh, so I can throw it in a bag and not worry about oh, nice. it spilling everywhere. But yeah, there it's wonderful. It's still warm, but I didn't drink it because I, if I drink coffee now, I won't go to sleep. Yeah. And now it is. Then I put it in my fridge so that I can drink it tomorrow. It won't be as good, but at least I won't waste it. <laughs> That's fair, but also annoying. I hate that. It was so annoying, and I was like, I have to go buy coffee. I don't want to buy coffee. It's really <laughs> tragic. You can't. You can't just go without coffee, though. Obviously, because then the day will just suck and yeah. terrible you'd probably get a i mean i guess you could go without too, coffee but... if you wanted an awful day with a headache yes yeah <laughs> but i also like that? coffee coffee makes me happy coffee is great coffee makes me happy also. so delicious I drink copious amounts of it so good yeah 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 that has nothing to do with anything but <laughs> nope <laughs> we talked about it in the episode i'm currently editing how tragic it was that they let that coffee pot burn down to nothing that is tragic yeah. Yeah. So, so that has slightly to do with SG-1, <laughs> <laughs> but not really anything to do with this episode. Just a little bit. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They're having some sort of briefing in the conference room, and Daniel is talking about the things they found on, I think they just kept calling it Ernest's planet. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And was it Heliopolis? Was that what it was? Was yeah. that that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's talking about the different alien languages they found. And Jack's like, oh, yeah, you mean that meaning of life stuff. And Daniel is saying that based on the ling- the four different languages that it was, they think it was a meeting place for these races, which I think. We knew that, but it's been a while, so. Yeah. yeah. They kind of reiterated some stuff, but here it actually made sense since it's been a while since they talked yeah. about it. Although then Hammond cuts him off and <laughs> tells him, yeah, we read that. Get on with it. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Get on with it. He sounded like he had no patience today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel then shows them a, an image on a computer screen of a ring that seems to have some sort of symbols or in the, the actual ring part that he's showing mm-hmm. them. And that that ring matches one of the inscriptions found on the planet, Ernest's planet. <laughs> Did it match the inscription itself? I thought it just looked like the same language or it was might- it the actual same I don't, I think it just matched the language. Oh, okay. I just write things terribly. And they found this on a, <laughs> a different planet than yes. that, the one that they found the other. 
P three R two seven two. Yes. I actually wrote it down for a change. So he says this, and then he pauses expectantly, looking around and waiting for people to get excited. <laughs> he looks so pleased with himself. He did, but no one gets excited. Jack, nope. no one is cares. Like, I'm bo- Jack looks bored, and Sam looks confused, and Daniel's like, "You know what this means?" <laughs> no, clearly. And then Hammond's like, "You know what it says, right? The circle." And Daniel's like, "No, <laughs> I don't even know what it sounds like." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Daniel goes on to explain that one of the languages had a symbol that was based on a Norse ruin. So they think one of the four races that was a part of this alliance on Ernest's planet, Heliopolis, was the Asgard. And so therefore the other races of aliens might be Asgard allies. <laughs> Tilk sides with Daniel on this and says the planet is worth exploring. Nobody else says anything, but the next thing we do see is that the they are going through the Stargate, or they've gone through. <laughs> so apparently everyone agreed. We just don't see it. Yay. We just see their lack of enthusiasm for Daniel's findings. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> On the new planet, they're in kind of a cave-like room, except that their walls are much smoother, so looking more like they've been carved. There's a lit up kind of circle on the floor, but there's no doors and it's light in there and there's breathable air, but there's no sign of any kind of a light source or air source, like incoming air source. Yeah. Daniel tries calling out, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone kind of looks at him strangely and he's like, it's worth a shot. Jack decides that this whole voyage has been a waste of time and says it's time to go home pretty much immediately. But as he turns to leave, he crosses that circle on the floor and all of a sudden on the wall, there's this big thing that kind of looks like the cross between like an old timey ceiling medallion and the mouths from the vampires in Blade. <laughs> nice. I love those movies. Yeah. <laughs> so Teal clicks in the center of the opening. It says that he just sees some blackness with colored lights, but that's it. And then Jack goes to have a look and suddenly the thing starts moving and reaches out for him, takes on the appearance of two hands that clasp behind his head and lock him into place. He struggles to get free and there's bright light and noise. And finally the thing lets go and Jack collapses. So he's unconscious, but his eyes are wide open and they say that his heart is racing and they need to try to rush and get him home as soon as possible. And then we go to credits. Yep. Yep. After credits, we are in the infirmary. Jack good is place to be. Yes. Yes. This was a good <laughs> call. That. Yeah. Yes. Jack's sitting up and he's alert. Dr. Fraser is flashing a light in his eyes. She says his pupils are back to normal. His pulse is fine. Jack says he feels great and doesn't remember anything. Sam's like, you were catatonic for an hour. And Fraser's like, well, I can't find anything wrong with him. So Jack's like, okay, grabs his jacket and he leaves. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exciting scene. Yeah. So thrilling. In the meeting room, the team is debriefing Hammond. Jack is just doodling on like a legal pad kind of thing, some weird mechanism. Didn't really give a, sh- a long look at it. Hammond asks what Tilk saw when he looked through the device earlier, and Jack, in a rather monotone voice, says, lights. 
he saw lights. Are we done? Hammond, of course, says no. And he's curious why the thing that they saw reacted differently when Jack linked into it, but they figured it had something to do with Tilk's Jaffa physiology. And they all notice that Jack is acting especially grumpy and impatient to leave. So they all ask him, taking turns, kind of, if he's doing okay, if he's feeling okay, is he sure he's all right? And Jack promises he's totally fine. There's absolutely nothing at all Cruvis with him. <laughs> Daniel's like, Cruvis? <laughs> Jack says, what? I didn't say that. So they go back and <laughs> they go back and forth a little bit. Did, didn't, did, didn't. I thought it was quite funny. That's very funny. Uh, Jack finally is like, what the hell does Cruvis mean? <laughs> Daniel says, well, you you seem to be trying to say that nothing is wrong with you, I guess. <laughs> so Hammond tells Jack that maybe it's time to go get some rest somewhere. Jack leaves, taking his drawing with him, and Hammond tells everybody else to keep an eye on him <laughs> for the time being. <laughs> so... Teal takes up this task as in the next scene. We get to see a pair of sneakers and then some gray sweatpants and it pans <laughs> up and Teal is also wearing a gray tank top and boxing gloves. <laughs> and he's wondering why they're wearing boxing gloves. And then we see Jack, who is also in sweats, but in addition to the boxing gloves, he's got a helmet thingy on and a big red cup on the outside of his pants. <laughs> a big squishy red cup. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, so we don't hurt each other. And then he's like, well, actually, so you don't hurt me. And she looks like, what's the point of fighting? Basically, what's the point of fighting without pain? <laughs> <laughs> Jack's like, it's fun. He starts bouncing on his feet. And Tilk just is standing there staring at him. Jack insists, Tilk has to dance too. And Tilk is then confused. Are we preparing to dance or to do battle? <laughs> oh my god. He was very silly. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack tells him he needs to move or he's a sitting duck and jabs Tilk in the chest. And Tilk looks down and then slowly up at an O'Neill with a very serious expression on his face. <laughs> so Jack stops and apologizes, asks if Tilk is okay. Tilk says he's fine. Jack's like, that's why you gotta move. And while he's saying that, Tilk hits him in the face and knocks him <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> Clearly, he doesn't quite get the rule, the etiquette of sparring just no. yet. <laughs> Or boxing, whatever. Jack asks if his nose is bleeding. It is not. Tilk says he's fine. So Jack gets up and he tells Tilk to keep moving and tells Tilk to bend his kosars. And Tilk's <laughs> like, I am unfamiliar with that word. And Jack's like, What do you mean, bend your kosars? And Tilk's like, I believe you are referring to legs. And then Jack kind of has like a, Oh shit, what's going on look on his face. <laughs> Uh, this almost made me work, wish that I still worked at a gym so that I could start calling legs Kosars just to fuck with people. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Pedal faster! Get those Kosars working! <laughs> I enjoy this that. This is how you do squats. You sit your hips back, you bend your Kosars. <laughs> it's Kosars day, you know? <laughs> Great. But alas, I, I don't go to gyms at all, let alone work at them. Because uh, well, I don't well. want to go to gyms in the COVID times. No. Yeah. 
So next, this was a, where was this? Was this a computer lab or was this Daniel's office? I called it Daniel's nerd lab, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I assumed so, it was his office. <laughs> okay. So Jack storms in to Daniel's nerd lab and asks what the hell is wrong with him because he can't Philatus properly or something like that. And Tilk reiterates that Jack is mistakenly replacing common English words with strange unknown ones. Daniel says, okay, well, what was that last word? Philatus? And he says, it sounds reminiscent of ancient Latin, but apparently ancient Latin is one of the very few languages that Daniel actually doesn't speak. So he has to go and check in a book for this one and finds that Faculatus means ability and says that Jack said he lost the philatus to speak properly. So Jack kind of ignores Daniel and instead starts reading the alien symbols that Daniel's been studying on his screen from that ring that Daniel was showing everyone earlier. And he just reads it like he knows exactly what it says. Daniel is shocked and Tilk looks surprised too. Daniel asks what (laughs) so jack repeats it again like what he just said was obvious daniel wants to know if he actually just read that off of the screen and jack starts getting really agitated at this point and says i don't know you tell me and daniel's like well i can't because i don't know what it says so jack tells him well i just look at it and the words pop into my frond does anybody think this thing is odd yeah Quite odd, in fact. <laughs> and they've all been saying it's odd yes. all along so far. Everyone thinks it's odd. Yeah. At some point, probably soon after this, Daniel's walking through the hallways with Sam, letting her know that Jack is speaking a language similar sounding to medieval Latin, but still very different. Did he say medieval Latin? Was Latin still around in the medieval I thought place? he said medieval, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing about the history of latin because i didn't look it up even though i probably should have trying to reach my keyboard so i can type it in without disturbing my microphone too much when did latin die uh to oversimplify the matter according to ancientlanguage.com latin began to die out in the sixth century shortly after the fall of rome in 476 a.d so uh no I mean... Okay, Daniel. It would not have been medieval times. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. There is a Wikipedia article on medieval Latin, though. Oh. Okay. So never mind, then. I don't know. This one says it's a form of Latin used in Roman Catholic Western Europe during the Middle Ages. Oh, for maybe, like, masses and stuff? Primary primary written language. So... Oh, gotcha. I knew it was still being used by religions and stuff, but I didn't know if it had changed a whole lot in that time period since it was used as a spoken language. I don't know. This looks really long, so I don't feel like I'm going to read it now. (laughs) It goes like century by century. So maybe, maybe not. Anyway, whatever he's speaking, it's not exactly Latin. So they still don't really know exactly what he's saying. Um, Yeah. And Daniel says that before going... to the infirmary, Jack apparently filled an entire chalkboard in 30 seconds with some random complex equations. 
That's really fast because there's a pretty big chalkboard. Yeah. And Daniel wants to know if Sam can understand any of it. Sam says, no, even the simple equations don't make sense. It's like no math she's ever seen. And Tilk comes in looking for Jack and they say he's in the infirmary. And Tilk's like, no, he's not. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In the lab. Dr. Fraser. Oh, Dr. Fraser. Sweet, sweet Dr. Fraser says that the human brain only operates at 5 to 10% of its functional capacity at any given time, which is very much not true. We use our whole brain um, pretty much all the time. She says that Jack's brain is operating at 90% capacity, so that would not be anything spectacularly new there. Sam wants to know how that's possible, and again, that's because our brains are all working always, all the time, all the brain, lots of different things. Dr. Frazier says she has no idea. Till comes in and says that apparently Jack is missing and they are all going to go look for him. Sam finds Jack in the weapons room. Apparently he has taken the glowy glowy center out of Tilk's staff weapon and is holding it with a pair of forceps. <laughs> Just looks at it and says, I need this. <laughs> Sam asks for what? And he looks at her and tells her that I have no idea. It's a mystery. Indeed. In the meeting room, Hammond is asking Sam where Jack is, and Sam says she's with Tilk. And Hammond wants to know, is Jack dangerous? Dr. Fraser says she doesn't even know what's wrong with him, but he does have some sort of, I called him a super brain now. Um, <laughs> Daniel's like he could read alien languages on Ernest's wall and in the circle. And Hammond asks what it means, and... Did Daniel say this? It says something about the place of our legacy. God, what the hell did I do to this? I have that Daniel says that Jack can read the alien language from both planets. Hammond asks what the circle means. And Daniel says he's still not exactly sure, but he thinks that it means the place of our legacy or a piece of our leg. But the first makes more sense. (laughs) I really like that he super mumbles that too. He's like, or a piece of our leg. But the first (laughs) makes more sense. (laughs) I had to rewind it to find out what he said because I missed it the first time. (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) Quite. Daniel also repeats a thing he kind of said earlier that it's possible these other alien races represented in these places feel the same way about the gold as do the Asgard. And Sam is like, well, that explains maybe why it didn't, you know, grab onto Tilk. And Daniel's like, what if the device downloaded an alien language into Jack's brain? And then Tilk comes in as Daniel's saying that and Tilk tells them their presence is required in the control room. <laughs> but also downloading huh downloading can we do that we, oh, we can't yeah. now whether or not it may be possible someday in the future is actually something that is being researched currently ah. so i can't say that it is not possible uh, we do not currently have the technology though so we might still get a matrix type future that is yeah people yeah. are hoping for a matrix kind of thing and they're also trying to like see if we can download people's consciousnesses into computers and like the brain essentially is does work shockingly similarly to how a computer works Uh, and there's still a ton that we don't understand about the brain and how it works Uh, so yeah that is stuff that they are actually looking into right now cool yeah neuroscience is really interesting in the control room jack is seated at a computer and typing rapidly (laughs) anytime i see someone typing rapidly i wonder is this bothering kathy (laughs) (laughs) i was more bothered at that point 
as to why they were allowing him free access to a computer in the control room when they don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, and did you notice the guy that was just standing there, like, behind the computer, kind of looking helpless (laughs) at Jack? Like, I don't know what to do now. He took my computer. (laughs) I mean, he didn't say anything, but that was kind of the expression on his face. (laughs) So he's just typing line after line of seemingly random numbers. And Sam apparently tries to get into the system from a different computer, but says that she's completely locked out. Hammond asks Jack what he's doing, which you would think that they would have done first. (laughs) Jack says he doesn't know. You know, me and computers. So Hammond orders Jack to stop, but Jack says that he can't. And so then Hammond tells Tilk to stop Jack. Tilk grabs Jack, but Jack yells about how he's not ferret. (laughs) Daniel very helpfully says, sir, I think he wants to finish what he's doing. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> so, great. Thanks for that. Sam says she can't reboot the computer, and then the computer turns itself off anyway. When it comes back on, it's displaying a bunch of binary on the screen, and a destination map comes up and marks all of the places that they've been. But then it continues to mark new places with a whole bunch of locations that they were not aware of. So they think that these might potentially be new gates now that are showing up on the screen that they weren't even aware of. uh, And that apparently the gold weren't even aware of since they didn't show up in that big map room that was on Abydos. The computer picks some random address and tries to dial, but gets an error message. And Daniel thinks that maybe the device that was on that planet was some sort of a database that contained all of the knowledge of that the aliens possessed. So not only did it download the language into Jack's brain, but all of the other knowledge of that entire alien race as well. Hammond tells Jack that he's not under arrest, but that he's also not allowed to touch anything. (laughs) Jack responds with something in the alien language that isn't translated. So we don't really know what that was. (laughs) So later they're back in Daniel's nerd office lab nerd lab nerd cave later they're back in daniel's <laughs> nerd lab jack's doodling on a tiny notepad sam says that the program he put in the computer rewrote massive amounts of machine code and jack throws Oops. a hand up like what can i say daniel tells sam that jack has lost the ability to speak anything but the alien language and that he's also translated more of the alien inscription. And so he reads, we are the ancients. And Sam's like, who? Because who would know? I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the ancients isn't. Why would they call themselves the ancients? Like, I don't know. To, to themselves, they were extant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... I, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. Anyway. Daniel also says that they were the teacher of roads. Yeah. And then explains that the Romans learned how to build roads, you know, in mythology from gods called the ancient ones. And so Daniel believes that what this actually means is that the roads are stargates and that these ancients are the builders of the gates. Ooh. Yeah. And Daniel says that would explain why Jack knew about these stargates that the gold haven't discovered. And Sam wants to know why they would invent a device to do this. <laughs> Good question. Yes. Daniel says it's to pass on their knowledge. 
And he reiterates, I think, that it was downloaded into Jack's brain. From the original gate builders. Yes. Potentially. Possibly. Yes. Jack says something, and Daniel starts to try to translate it. Mm-hmm. He says, like, eco means I need new something. And Daniel starts flipping through some pages. Need new location? He yep. guesses. <laughs> Sure. And so Sam asks, where do you want to go? And Jack is just kind of blankly sitting there. Sam wishes them good luck. She's got to get back to working on the computer. And she gestures at the chalkboard and says, wish I could explain this. And then Jack hands her the tiny notepad, which apparently the only thing he doodled was 10 (laughs) equals 8. And so Sam goes over to the chalkboard and starts then suddenly writing things. And she's like, it's base 8 math. Whoa. Yay. I don't know what that means. You know how we have like 1 through 10 and then 11 through 20, 20 through 30. And so like it in, like the, the, the first integer increases, the first number increases or changes every 10. Right. That's oh. what a base 10 system means. So like for them, their version of 10 would be 8 and then it would change to the next grouping of numbers after that. When I'm running, I count my steps up to 8 and then start over again, over and over and over again. Nice. Yeah. That's my base eight. I didn't really explain that very well, but that's the best I could do with that. Does that make sense? That made sense to me. Thanks. Okay, good. Yeah. In the infirmary, Dr. Frazier has some brain scans on the screen and says the problem with Jack may only affect the verbal language center of his brain and says that it's a different function than the writing area, which actually is not exactly true. The Broca's area actually is what is in in charge of forming words in our brains, whether they're going to be written or spoken is a difference of like just how they're rooted once they're formed in Broca's area. Is the writing part the land of the light or is the spoken part the land of the light? Ooh, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I tried to find a fun, I tried to come up with a funny answer and couldn't. That's okay. It was a dumb question, so. <laughs> so Daniel asks what the worst case scenario is, and Dr. Fraser says that using a, that computer analogy, his brain's computer has been filled with a coding language that his brain doesn't understand, and if it continues to progress, he may eventually lose the ability to write or even comprehend us. So apparently right now he can comprehend English, which actually would kind of make sense because comprehension of language is actually controlled in a different part of the brain called the Wernicke area. But that would mean that then whatever is going on in his brain would have to expand beyond Broca's area into the Wernicke area, which so far the Wernicke area seems to have not been affected. Mm-hmm. That's my tangent there. Um, she's, but she says, or worse, the computer could shut down altogether. And Jack doesn't look too happy. So apparently he did understand everything that she just said there. So in the conference room, after that point, sometime, (laughs) Sam is telling the team that they've been sending probes out to some of the planets at the new gate addresses that Jack put in the computer, looking for anything that might help him or relate to what's going on with him. And then she says they may have found something, Daniel says, on P9Q281. There's a pedestal near the gate with symbols that match Jack's language. 
Hammond has authorized them to go through, and they are going to take along with them Major Castleman. And then Daniel's like, well, if Jack's not going, I have to stay. Because if Sam and Teal can make contact, they can come back. But until then, Daniel needs to keep translating everything he can because it's the most important thing they've done since opening the Stargate. <laughs> that Jack, sure. yeah. He says Jack's speaking the language of the gate builders or at least one of the four races doing meaning of, doing the meaning of life stuff. The meaning of life stuff. I love that. That they reference so often. Sam chimes in that the chalk equation that Jack wrote is a revolutionary formula to calculate the distance between planetary bodies. And Daniel's like, also, I'm his only hope of communication, so I can't leave him like this, and I won't. Hammond agrees to this and says that the others will go and Jack and Daniel will stay behind. In the gate room, the new and improved... Or worse, SG-1, however you want to look at it. I called them SG-1 half plus two randos. (laughs) SG-1 half plus another (laughs) 0.5 to make a new (laughs) SG-1. Comprised of Teal'c, Sam, Major Castleman, and some other random guy. At least I'm assuming this is Major Castleman. I think they talk about him. Yeah. Yeah, they talk about him by name later. Yeah. Are all ready to go. Hammond tells them that they're clear to leave and the gate is open, so they leave. Jack looks on without saying anything, not looking too happy. Did you see the uh, person at the station in front of Hammond? Oh, no. station? Know who that was? No. It was Crush Guy. <gasps> Good for him. Yeah. So is, this, is this an improvement? This is probably an improvement, right? I would think that it sounds like it seems like it's got more responsibility and so yeah importance. you're you know you know you're you're making those chevron encoded yeah. uh announcements and whatnot yeah, yeah. congratulations he's, crush d- guy he's, he's doing a walter basically yeah a, a qualter <laughs> <laughs> yay where is qualter i, I don't know him. well he gets a day off here and there right i guess <laughs> fine Back in Daniel's office, Jack is walking around and holding his head like he's really frustrated and just looking at Daniel and shaking his head no. Jack types to Daniel that he has to go through the Stargate, but he doesn't really seem to know where. He just needs knows that he needs to go somewhere. Somebody comes into Hammond's office to report that SG-1 has not reported back on schedule, so Hammond orders them to try to contact the team on the planet. Was this Crush Guy? I, I was trying I to remember. I didn't pay enough attention to this particular Fair. guy. So they open the gate and try to make contact. The team is responding. They can hear, but Sam says not to send any rescue team. The Castleman's out looking for shelter because the DHD seized when they tried to send back their probe, so they can't dial out. That sucks. Yeah. Sam also reports... And even worse news that the temperature on the planet is increasing rapidly because there's a surprise second sun that rose. Yeah. Oh, no. That's not a good surprise. (laughs) No. So things are not looking great for them. Hammond asks if they can dial manually. Sam says Tilk is on it. But you guys are currently interfering with our plans. Stop hogging the line, guys. Exactly. So Hammond's going to check back with them in an hour if they don't come through. And wishes them luck. Yep. Was this the lab or was this also Daniel's office? Um, uh, 
Oh, God. I don't know. I didn't uh, write down where it was. Elsewhere. Some unknown location. Somewhere. A room. We don't really know exactly where. Jack is inserting the glowy thing from Tilk's staff into some sort of device that he's building. Dr. Fraser and Daniel are just kind of looking on, watching. Fraser says that she's been trying to take notes, but is having trouble following what he's doing. Daniel pulls her aside and tells her that he has to go downstairs because Sam and Tilk are in trouble, but he asks her not to tell Jack. Down in the meeting room, there's some guys trying to figure out what to send to SG-1 to help them out. One of them is talking about a mylar material that can be added to their field tent and says it will provide 10 to 20 degrees of protection, and they've rigged some kind of portable air conditioning units as well. Daniel's like, yeah, this is great, but how do we get them home? The first guy says that, wow, we've been jargony, languagey, running probability tests and blah, blah, blah. So Daniel says, so sounds like they have no idea. And the guy's like, it's not no idea. It's just not much of an idea yet, but we're working on it. I enjoyed that. Hammond looks displeased. <laughs> yes. It was a silly scene. Yeah. One of those two guys, I think, was Sergeant Siler. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. he looked familiar, but I couldn't remember yeah. who it was. And then the other one was some random guy that was just in yeah. a suit. I was apparently in clothes. a mood yesterday, so I was like, oh, it's Sergeant <laughs> Siler and some nerd. <laughs> nerds. Nerds. <laughs> Standard nerds. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> An hour has passed since the last time the SGC spoke with Sam, so they are speaking with her again. She reports that manual dialing failed and that the DHD seems to be stuck in a mid-dial and is locking the actual gate itself in place so they can't move it. Daniel then asks if they're recording this, which I don't know mm-hmm. why he... I can't... Does that come into play? He shows play? it to Jack later. Oh, he right. He shows the conversation okay. to Jack later. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Daniel makes sure they're recording this. Sam says that... They're going, the temperature on the planet is going to reach like 200 degrees Fahrenheit in four hours. <laughs> Hammond says they're going to send through some tans, tents in those air coolers, but Sam's like, don't bother. Nothing is going to give us enough protection. We'll be dead before the end of the day. Yeah, 20 degrees if it's 200 out. No, it's yeah. Not really a lot of good. Boo. Boo. In whatever room that is that Jack is working, Daniel comes back and Dr. Frazier tells him that Jack seems to be finished with whatever he was doing. (laughs) So Daniel says, great, what does it do? Jack proudly turns it on and it hums. That's it? That's it. (laughs) Daniel's like, all right, cool, but we've got more important things to talk about so he takes them back to his office and gives them more information about what's going on with sg1 on the other planet he puts the recording of the conversation with sam into a vhs player which still makes me laugh seeing the old technology from the day the sound of putting a tape in a vcr is just so (laughs) it's so amazing it's just yeah. I'm sure it has even special meaning for you since you worked at that video store yeah. forever. Uh, the clacking and like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so on this part of the recording that he's playing, Sam is trying to explain about all the different troubleshooting steps that they've tried. 
Daniel says that he's the only one that believes that Jack actually has the knowledge of the original gate builders, basically implying that he wants Jack to come up with some sort of a fix for the problem. So Jack rushes over to a shelf and grabs some paper and pencils and a triangle and a compass and starts doing a whole bunch of writing. <laughs> Dr. Fraser and Daniel are just kind of watching and talking to the to each other and debating what he's doing. <laughs> he writes down that he wants them to shut up and go away. <laughs> They're distracting him. <laughs> and being annoying. <laughs> so they back off. They do. <laughs> and then here's what I wrote. Finally, they have a whole room of nerds working on a problem. <laughs> I think they're in the conference room. Yeah. They're working on this stuck Stargate, trying to figure out how to get the team home. They should be doing Finally, this someone asks. all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes, they should. Absolutely. If they have this many science people and various nerds of various types, yeah. then why aren't they always working on the problems that they're having instead of always SG-1? Well, here's the answer, because unfortunately, we don't learn this is a good thing, because in the end... It's just Jack who saves the day. This is true. <laughs> and I also, this is this is when they finally came up with the idea to try turning it off and on again. Hello, IT. And, like, why did it take <laughs> yeah. them so long to think I of that idea? Know. That's always the first step. Always the first step. Always. <laughs> also, install your updates and clear your cache. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, Daniel busts in with Jack's device and says that they need to dial the planet right now. Frazier says that Jack has a solution, and then they throw down a random blueprint, which is apparently of the DHD, and instructions to fix it. Yeah. Jack then grabs the paper, and Daniel drops them Jack's toy. <laughs> they are like, what is this? And he says, well, not much of an idea yet, and says they should work <laughs> on it, which was a nice uh, reflection yes. of what they said earlier. Yeah. I like that he just tells them to work on it. Though. I know. <laughs> like not not what to do or what it is or, or anything. Just work on it. Can he tell people <laughs> to work on things? Does he have authority? I don't think he does. Can he be king of the nerds? <laughs> I want that job. That sounds good to me. <laughs> it does sound good. Can I be king of the nerds? Yes. I'm a nerd. I want to be king of the nerds. Uh, yes. I crown you king of the nerds. Yay! So excited. So excited. In the control room. Some, uh, it's it was Crush this, Guy. This Crush Guy. Okay. In the control room, Crush Guy says the instructions have reached their destination. And Hammond says, well, let's hope those instructions are right. Right after that, in the gate room, the gate opens. Apparently, a little bit of time has passed, but I thought this was supposed to be right away at first. So I was a little confused. I was like, that it seems crazy yeah, fast. Yeah, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. But everyone is suddenly down in the gate room. So I guess some kind of some time must have passed. Sam and Tilk come through, followed by the other two random guys. And Hammond tells Sam he's glad to have them back. Sam tells him the plans were perfect and wants to know who came up with them. And she is shocked when Hammond gestures at Jack, who's standing over in the corner. Till goes up to Jack and apologizes that, unfortunately, they were not able to find a way to help him on that planet. Back in Daniel's room, Jack is fiddling again with his device, which they've retrieved from the room full of nerds. And... Daniel and Teal are just kind of standing there watching him. Sam comes in and says she's feeling better. And she's like, you guys can't figure out what this is? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Daniel flips it on, so it hums again. 
But then they're distracted because some alarm is going off and Sam is called to the control room and she runs out. Yeah. 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 In the control room, she runs in. Hammond says they were trying to dial out to another planet from Jack's list, but all of a sudden they got locked out of the system again. Sam says that the gate seems to be drawing more power than usual, so that seems bad. Meanwhile, Jack scoops up his toy and pieces out (laughs) of the room he was in. Daniel and Teal'c follow. (laughs) They do. Jack goes to what I was like another area, but looks like it's like the power room, I think, is where we end up. He opens a panel and starts fiddling with stuff. And Teal'c's like, should we stop him? (laughs) (laughs) Daniel's like, what are you doing, Jack? And Jack says something like Yuji or something. And he's clamping wires to the device. Not just wires, but jumper cables. And I was wondering, is that a normal thing to have in a power room? I I, I don't know, but it specifically looked like car jumper cables, so... Daniel's not sure this is a good idea, but Jack just keeps saying Yuji over and over, and Daniel doesn't understand, and Jack finishes what he's doing and turns on the device. Yeah, and the device starts to glow, and there's crackling noises and lights flicker. Yes. Yeah. Up in the control room, Sam tells Hammond that the gate just got a huge increase of power. She doesn't have any idea why, but it should have been impossible because the circuit should have blown. Hammond calls a maintenance crew down to the power room, and then suddenly the gate starts dialing out on its own. Hammond asks where, and Sam says that they have no way of knowing. I would think it would make sense that it would be dialing the place that they had just been trying to dial when the system froze to begin with, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. (laughs) Daniel and Tilk come running in and tell everybody about Jack's device, and (laughs) Hammond... I was like, I wouldn't have authorized authorized that. (laughs) Just the way he said it. It's really funny to me. And then he asks Sam how they can possibly stop what's happening. She recommends pulling the main breaker. But Daniel protests that Jack has been saying what seems to translate to good this whole time. So maybe, maybe just let it go. So Chevron 7 locks in, and then everyone is surprised that it keeps dialing past that. And that Chevron 7 wasn't actually the point of origin like it would normally be. Daniel asks, well, what if this is all part of some big plan? And Hammond wants to know what plan. But of course, nobody has an answer for that. Daniel says that Jack said he needed to go through the gate. Um, So maybe it's all been leading to this. And suddenly Chevron 8 locks in. They track the wormhole to somewhere well outside the known gate system and outside of this galaxy. Sam guesses that maybe the eighth chevron adds some sort of new calculation for distance, like dialing a different area code. So everyone looks at Jack and Hammond asks, well, now what? (laughs) Jack goes to leave the control room, but a guard gets up in his way (laughs) and Hammond's like, I'm... Supposed to just let you go? Daniel tells him, though, that Jack's already gone. They don't really have a choice. So Hammond nods and allows him to go, of course, because Jack, Jack always gets Jack to do what he wants. Jack where he wants, yes. <laughs> Down by the Stargate, Jack is staring into the puddle wormhole. I want to call it a puddle. 
<laughs> Don't call it a buttle. Don't call it a puddle either, because I think that doesn't come into I'm a play butler, until. Uh... So buttle. <laughs> Down in the gate room, Jack is staring into the open wormhole, and Teal'c says he's gonna go with Daniel. And Daniel's like, I think he needs to do this alone. And I hate that so much. I hate that stupid trope. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> something he's got to do for himself. No, yeah. maybe it's not, but maybe it is. It reminded So I was thinking about it because in Firefly, there's a good like twist, uh, not twist, but a little flip of that. It's really yeah. funny. I would, uh, I'm going to share it with you later. Anyway. Yay. <laughs> we won't be spoilery here, but you can share it with so me later silly. since I've seen it. Okay, you seen you seen Firefly? I didn't know that. Okay, I have. I've only seen oh, okay. it like once through, but I have seen. Oh it. well, then I'll tell you about it. I don't care about spoiling okay. a, yeah, another I'll twenty year old show. Yeah, uh, fair. But also, yeah, <laughs> there's the episode where he and Wash get kidnapped by that gangster Nishka, and they're mm-hmm. being tortured, and the the rest of them go to rescue him, but Mal ends up fighting with one of Nishka's guys at the end and they reach him just as he's having this fight. And Zoe's like, wait guys, this is something he's got to do himself. And he's like, no, it's not. And she's like, oh, <laughs> and then they just raise their guns and shoot the guy. And it's just really funny. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> just amuses me so much. Fabulous. I don't remember the show all that well, but that's funny. Yeah. It's ugh, so silly. <laughs> But anyway, so this is something Jack has to do for himself, so he's going to go alone. But Sam's like, but we need to give him a remote code or he can't get back. And Hammond's like, no, we're not going to do that because it could put us in further jeopardy, even though he's been very negligent this entire time about letting Jack do whatever he wants. Right. But letting him come back or some, I mean, he could be captured. It could be somebody else coming through, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Jack, this is where, this is, this is Hammond's line. Yeah, apparently. Apparently he finally has one. Daniel runs up to Jack to tell him, if you go, you might not be able to come back. Jack looks at Daniel and just walks through the gate. Up in the control room, Crush Guy says that the Traveler is still en route, but then all of a sudden he says, "Uh, we've lost the Traveler. So that's probably not good. We get more gate transition. Actually, there was gate transition both before and after this scene. I guess emphasizing that this was an extra long voyage. In some random mystery location, the gate opens and Jack is thrown through at high speed for reasons. I guess maybe also reiterating that it's farther in high speed. Who knows? We've talked before about how sometimes momentum is conserved, sometimes not, sometimes it's increased, whatever they need to do for the (laughs) storyline. So as Jack is lying on the floor, there's a whole lot of whispering. And then the camera shows us a couple of legs and feet that almost look a little bit like duck feet with three toes, but they're gray and a little bit fatter and kind of cute looking. And the legs are skinny and gray and it pans up to show some non-human entities, your stereotypical gray aliens, similar to Thor. And then it shows a view down a hall where there's a whole lot more of these aliens standing in addition to the two that are right in front of Jack. Jack says something in the alien language which isn't translated and the two aliens in front of him speak in a different language as well, but this is translated for us. They recognize Jack as human and also said that he's speaking the language of the ancients. Jack speaks again and they're able to determine that he wants their help. So one alien holds up his hand, which has an embedded sparkle bling in it, and he blings Jack, and Jack passes out. So I noticed here when he did hold up his hand that they've actually only got 
four fingers on each hand. So that would actually kind of make sense as to why they use a base eight system for math, because it's thought that we probably use base 10 because we have 10 fingers. So if they only have eight, then it would make sense that they might have chosen a base eight if that theory for why we choose base 10 is true. Hmm. Very hmm. interesting. Yeah. Duck toes. Woo. <laughs> I kill the duck feet. I know. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> my brain just likes to go to ducktails. I, I used to have love that no show. explanation. Me too. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, have you seen the dog getting a haircut and dancing to that? No. <gasps> it's my favorite video. My favorite YouTube video oh, of all times. It's so actually fun. not usually that the ducktails song. Like it was some other random song, but then somebody remixed it to, to the ducktails song. That sounds awesome. I will send it to you. Yay. Back in this other world, though. <laughs> yes. Right. Did I even finish that Oh, no, scene? I think you I finished did. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So back on Earth, actually, <laughs> not on this other world. Oh, yeah. That's in the control room. Okay. Yeah. Back in the control room, Sam is trying to redial this new address, but the eighth Chevron apparently was a one-time deal. Hammond gets a call from Siler that Jack's device is dead, so they just don't have the power, I guess. To do that again. Not. He needs more staff weapons. Yes, apparently. Jack wakes up in amongst the aliens. They are standing over him, staring at him. Jack says hello in English and sits up. Yay! Yes. Yay, I'm a llama again. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> he thanks them and they welcome him in English. They're all speaking in English now. Yeah. They explain to him that they speak many languages. And Jack recognizes them as Thor's race, the Asgard. And they're like, you've heard of us? And he says, good things. All good things. One of the aliens says that the archive he looked into was not meant for him. And Jack's like, what? It was an accident? And they explain a human brain cannot handle that technology yet. And Jack wants to know where he is. And they tell him he is on an Asgard planet called Othala in the galaxy of Ida. Does that have any meaning to anyone? Don't know. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> Not me either. And Jack wants to know why he came there. And they elaborate that the ancients left this area of space a long time ago. But his subconscious mind must have figured out how to find them to get help. And they found this impressive. They did not think human brains had advanced even that far. Jack's like, how do you know our brains? They've been studying humans closely, it turns out, which I don't think was a surprise. I think we knew that. Um, or at least that they'd visited yeah. Earth. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We, they'd figured that out before. Jack wants to know what they've learned about their brains. And they tell him that humans have great potential. Yay. Yay. Go us. Yes. All the I don't potential. think we're living up to that, though. <laughs> we are not. We are definitely not living up to any kind of high-minded oh. alien race potential. No. No. <laughs> the aliens go yeah. on to explain that they there were four races. The Asgard, the Nox, who they've met, Jack says. The Furlings, who Jack has not met. And the Ancients. And they were allies. He explains the ancients did build the Stargate system and that this alliance was formed over millennia and humans have a lot to prove before they can interact 
on that kind of level with the Asgard or anyone else, probably. Jack stands up and says, you all seem like wonderful people. And then he kneels back down to eye level with the alien. Well, actually a little lower even. And he's like, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but you need to understand we're out there now. And we might not be ready for all this stuff, but we're doing the best we can. We're a very curious race. The alien holds out a hand and they shake hands. And Jack stands up and the alien says that you've taken steps to becoming the fifth race. <gasps> That's the name of the episode. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. Back in the control room, Sam says they need to reboot the system. They can't do anything or even close the iris right now. So that seems bad. Yeah. The gate begins dialing in. Everyone looks very concerned and guards down in the gate room all have their guns drawn. Everyone is relieved when it's just Jack coming through and also happy to see Jack again and that there's nobody with Jack. (laughs) Sam says that suddenly everything is back up online and working the way that it should. Hammond tells her good work, even though she didn't actually do anything to make that happen. (laughs) Down in the gate room, Daniel and Teal'c have, have gone to talk to Jack and want to know what happened. And whether or not he still has the the knowledge of the ancients. Jack tells them he does not, but, you know, that meaning of life stuff. Meaning of life stuff. I love that. I think we're going to be all right. Yes, he's lost his left hand, so he's going to be all right. You son of a bitch! And that was it for that episode. It was. So. Yeah. Mary. Yes. Did you like this episode? (laughs) I did like this episode. Actually, I thought it was very silly and entertaining. I don't know that I have a whole lot to say about it beyond that. The the science wasn't good, as I've mentioned, but the bad science wasn't an overarching huge theme. So I was able to tolerate it a bit better than some other episodes where like they've just constantly talked about bad science. I was able to kind of ignore that. And I really just thought it was entertaining and silly and interesting episode. How about you? I also like this episode. For me, just for the Tilkin Jack boxing scene, it gets a 10 out of a 10. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> I like that we're still getting, you know, we get to see the Asgard again, and we're mm-hmm. still picking up, like, threads from older episodes. I think the episode with Ernest was in, was the, that was in the first season. Yeah, I liked, it was very silly. I enjoyed the Jack and Tilk. I enjoyed Jack and Daniel's, like, didn't did didn't did uh, it was just a lot, <laughs> yeah, of just a lot of the dialogue was really funny yeah it was a lot of fun to watch i thought richard dean anderson did a good job of conveying jack's emotions without words yeah and, yeah because like you could really feel his frustration at not being able to communicate yeah. or, with anybody the way that he wanted to again like i i don't have a ton to say because i really just enjoyed it a lot yeah it was fun yeah So what is next for us then? Next up on Stargazing, we have a little treat for you. <gasps> we do. We will. For me? For you. Just yes, for it is specifically Ooh. for Mary, but I think that yay. everyone else will also enjoy it. Oh, yay. Also, yay. We are going to have a guest on our show, uh, <gasps> an archaeologist. His name is Dr. Yes. Kenneth Fader. Jones. It- it's not Ooh, Indiana Jones. Better. It is. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. 
<laughs> you probably have to pay Harrison Ford a lot of money to be Indiana Jones. I don't on want Harrison podcast. Ford. I want Indiana Jones. But since he plays him, and I don't know if you know oh. this, Indiana Jones isn't an actually real person. I'm what? very sorry. This is devastating news. <laughs> but don't worry, we get Kenny. Oh, yay! Kenny! So Kenny is a professor at Central Connecticut State University. Mary and I both had the pleasure of taking class with him while we were Mm -hmm. in school. He's going to come talk to us. He he actually has written some a bunch of material on sort of debunking bad archaeology and ancient aliens and stuff and why that's not real and a bunch of cool stuff like that. So I think it'll be a good talk and I hope. That yeah, I agree. Everyone enjoys it. And I've actually mentioned him, um, I've mentioned him at least on the Twitter and Instagram because he's the person that wrote the book that I was using to find the various archaeological sites that I went and visited while I was on my trip to Tennessee. Yeah. It's exciting. It I'm very much looking forward yeah. to it. I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Awesome. All right. As always, thanks for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice if you haven't already so that you can get our episodes as soon as they are released every Monday. And you can also find us on YouTube as well. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated because they help others to find the, the podcast. And we greatly appreciate word of mouth as well. So that's also really helpful for getting people, new people to listen to the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram or at stargatesing at both of those places. If you're feeling generous, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash stargatesing. And of course, you can check out our website at stargatesing.space, where you can also get in touch with us, leave us voicemails, and check out our new episodes. I am the king of the nerds. And I am Kathy, not the king of the nerds. (laughs) And you've been listening to Stargatesing. (laughs) The end. The end. (laughs) that sounds awesome i will send it to you yay momentarily hang on hang on okay oh you want me to watch it now (laughs) yes i do it's it's extremely important to interrupt the podcast for Now I've got this. I'm going to have the song stuck in my head for the rest of the night. I'm not sorry. (laughs) Here you go. It's extremely important and we'll need to tweet this or something. All right. Oh, it's only 15 seconds. Awesome. Yeah, it's short. (laughs) (laughs) Duckburg race cars, lasers, airplanes. It's a duck blur <laughs> dog is just so cute it's so cute <laughs> i want it to go on i know <laughs> me too that's fun i like that it a lot really is. it's my favorite thing ever <laughs> <laughs>